And now, it's time once again for the show that gives glorious voice to 25 million business owners across the fruited plain. Radio Free Enterprise with Frank Felker. Thank you, dude walker. Yes, indeed, I am Frank Felker. Welcome back to Radio Free Enterprise. My guest today is Nina Hirschberger. Nina is a marketing expert and the host of the Megabucks Radio podcast. Nina Hirschberger, welcome to the program. Thank you, Frank. It's an honor to be here. Well, I'm very excited that you're here, Nina. Uh, full disclosure to all viewers and listeners, Nina and I are both uh, uh, compadres in business and also friends. And I was fortunate enough to actually visit your home there in Fishers, Indiana. Was that a couple yeah, of years ago now? Certainly pre-COVID. A pre -COVID. couple of years ago, yeah. yeah. In Fishers, we're just northern part of Indianapolis and a really pretty little town. And yeah, Frank, it was great to have you here masterminding with us for a few days. <laughs> That's right. We had a marketing mastermind there. So I know Nina and I know Nina knows what she's talking about. But nonetheless, Nina has created a book that has the audacious title, and I'm, I, I know I can get the title correct, uh, Nina, but I want to make sure I get the subtitle correct, because that's where the meat is. The title is 30-Minute Marketing. Subtitle, How I Find $100,000 in Additional Revenue in 30 Minutes Without Spending a Dime on Marketing or Advertising. Now, that is a pretty audacious claim, and I know you're talking about how you find it when you walk into or begin investigating one of your client's businesses. Let's start with this. What, what kind of businesses can you help? What kind of businesses can you find $100,000 for? Yeah, that's a great question, Frank. Any business that wants the help is probably the best mm. answer like because that. there's many people who, you know, well, I tried that. It doesn't work or no, that's not possible or they have a very closed mind and they don't know anything about what it is we're going to be talking about because, you know, I'm a direct response marketer. Uh, have been for years and years and years. Uh, I'm old enough to remember the old days. And, uh, and so if they just listen, if they just implement, and we're not talking hard things, we're not talking unusual things, we're not talking the, the latest, best, shiny object, if you will. We're talking simple kind of things that they probably are not doing right now. Well, I, I understand, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about. But I kind of want to create a frame of reference, set the foundation of what kind of business are we talking about? Uh, you know, are we talking I, I about working, the... Uh, I prefer working with a brick-and-mortar business, somebody who really has an established business. Now, that doesn't mean it can't be a, an inter, uh, internet business, um, but primarily, let's talk about a chiropractor. Let's talk about a... Um, I was just this morning a, a regenerative medicine doctor. Uh, let's talk about an auto repair person. Let's talk about somebody who sees people, uh, whether they see it in their place or not. It could be a, a, a swimming pool uh, company. It could be a, a number of kinds of things, but somebody that has those kind of businesses. Okay, We call it mainstream marketing. Maybe that would be good. I like that expression, Main Street Businesses, because I think it resonates with people, even non-business people. Oh, yeah, I know what that is. People I deal with every day. Yeah. Okay. So we, uh, we're talking about finding $100,000 for a Main Street business, which would be quite a find. And I'm sure, you know, right away, uh, I try to be the advocate for my audience. 
the question comes to mind, well, you know, that sounds a little outrageous. Uh, and I know that you actually have a, a chapter, or it's prior to the actual chapters of the book, where you address this. You, the, the heading is real or BS. And uh, I know you, Nina. I know you're a no-nonsense business person. So can you give us an idea of how real this is? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, in fact, the reason that I titled the heading was 30-Minute Marketing uh, comes back from in 2010, I, I published my very first 30-Minute Marketing book. It's a part of a series. I'm working on a financial one and a digital marketing one for this year's uh, release. But the, the point is, it doesn't take a long time. It does. It's not hard. It just takes method. It takes step-by-step. So one of the first things I do with client is I said, okay, who is your ideal client? A lot of businesses say, well, we'll, we'll sell to anybody. Well, right. yeah, but that's not really what you should be doing. Who is the ideal client? Here's what I usually say to customers. Let me talk to the regenerative medicine guy. I said, okay, where do you make your most money? And what is the most profit? In medicine these days, oftentimes, because Medicare right now is having some issues um, if we're payment, now they'll get through that, but at this moment it is. So a lot of them would like to have a cash business. I have a very good friend who's a chiropractor. He's 100% cash, no insurance. So again, identifying who that ideal one is, the client, and then getting rid of all of the rest. Um, there was a guy that I used to work with. He was in one of my masterminds, and he was a financial planner. He literally gave away 80% of his book of business and focused only on the 20% because they were the ones that made him the most money. So the very first thing any business ought to do is, who is your best client? That's number one. Okay. And uh, you do have a chapter, in fact, right out of the gate, that's about marketing and advertising. And I, uh, because your book has yet to uh, be published, I haven't seen it or read it. Uh, so what sort of marketing and advertising you're talking about when your subtitle uh, says, without spending a dime on marketing or advertising? Well, Frank, you just you just don't really know it. The book is up on Amazon, um, so they can go get it. Oh, it's okay, there great. for purchase. Yeah, I just um, haven't seen it. People, yeah, what most people think is that they have to spend a lot of money on radio ads, on TV ads, on printed ads, on Facebook ads, on YouTube ads, on pay per click. All of those. That's what I mean when I say without spending a dime. So if the very first thing is you identify who your client is, your ideal prospect, then you know who to go after. And generally, that's a very much more small pool of people. Uh, it's easier to reach a smaller. So now you can be a bigger fish in a smaller pond. So the very first thing is find out who the smallest one is. And then how are you going to reach them? What's the easiest way? I have a background of direct, uh, mark, of, um, direct mail. Uh, in fact, I used to, to be running an operation where we printed and mailed 9 million pieces a month. Tell wow. you what, there's probably not anybody listening to this right now that has mailed more than I have been responsible for mailing. But the bottom line is I love small mailings. So when I say without spending a dime on marketing, uh, there could be a little bit of money, but, but very little. Because the second thing I'm going to say to people is, do you have a list? 
Have you mm. identified? So now we know who are, let's talk about a dentist. Who is the ideal? Who do you want? Who spends every every month or, or every year they come in twice a year, um, buys your insurance policy at the dental office if you've got one? Who are they? We just uh, were recording this in 2021. So obviously we went through COVID in 2020, still through it. But bottom line is the dental market in a lot of businesses were just decimated during that period of time. There was things they could have done had they really taken advantage of their list. So having a list is one thing I talk about in the book that's really, really critical. I, I can't tell you how many businesses I know who have not got a list. So let me see, it was my daughter, I just said, she went in a store the other day and I said, you know, the number one, oh, I know, it was a pizza store. She went in and bought pizza. I was with her. We walked out. Now, they're Main Street Marketing. They are, they are my ideal client. She walked out, and I said they made the number one mistake of all time. She said, what is that? They never ask your name. They never asked your email. They cannot ever get in touch with you again and tell you about the new recipe they came up, about the special this month, about buy two, get one free, about the kids' night, Anything that they want to do, any promotion, anything they want to do, they they have no list because they think they're in the pizza business right. when in fact they're in the marketing business. And, you know, it's funny. There are even companies that do have a list that they just don't use it. Uh, you mentioned a couple of different types of medical practices. They always have the email address and phone number and emergency contact information. They get all kinds of information on you, but they frequently don't use it. Uh, to help drive business or new patients. And there's and there's a real secret to that. So you've got to get permission. Sure. So you can't just spam people. So whenever you're getting the name and address, email, the very most, you know, most important thing is to get their physical address. But short of that, at least their email. Then you say at the very bottom, you know, by filling this out and giving it to us, you give us permission to stay in touch with you. So in the medical field, obviously, with the HIPAA laws, you've got to be very careful that, you, that they have given you permission to stay in touch with them. But I had a cosmetic surgeon, and we did all sorts of different kinds of things to grow his business. What about uh, death by chocolate? So in other words, let's go back to what I said. Who's your ideal client? In his particular business with a cosmetic surgeon, it's all cash-based. So what he wants to do is he wants to grow those it's generally women who who want to have certain procedures done. But okay, what if we have a, a patient appreciation, death by chocolate night? There's all sorts <laughs> of things you can do. Maybe you're going to go, he was in a medical plaza. Now, here's one thing he never, never did, which is so sad. He never let every other medical area office in his area, and he was in a large complex, never let them know what it was he did. What it was he offered, none of that. And again, what would it cost him to make a little flyer? Make it black and white if you want on color paper. It's so cheap. Used to be in the printing business. You know how cheap that would absolutely be. But again, that's guerrilla marketing, if you want to call it that. But that is doing marketing that, that doesn't cost you much. Well, and that segues perfectly into the next chapter, which has to do with joint ventures and partnerships. 
What sort of, uh, you just mentioned that this cosmetic surgeon could have, if not partnered, certainly uh, offered the opportunity to the other medical professionals and to their staffs and to their patients to have fun at the death by chocolate night. What other ideas do you have for Main Street businesses to do joint ventures? You could, you could come up with a coupon, give it to them. Let me tell you a story about an attorney friend of mine. So he focused on divorces for women only. And he said, okay, where would I be getting those women from primarily? When they're going to get a divorce, when things are not right, where do they go? They usually go to a counselor. So what he did was he put up together a book and it says what every, and it was a state he was in, what every woman needs to know about divorce. And he gave it to all of those um, counseling companies because when the woman comes in, then he handed them a book and that was a referral source. So that's a joint venture, only an example of a joint venture. What about a, uh, um, a uh, photographer, a wedding photographer, joint venture with the person who does the flowers, joint venture with something, maybe you're a roofer. I mean, you only do roof once, maybe every 15 years or something. But what about if, if somebody is, okay, this is an example. My daughter just sold her house. Now, before she put it on the market, she had to get it all painted. They got all brand new carpet and they put all new windows in. Couldn't you see if you joint ventured with a group there that maybe there was a cleaning person who if, if the, um, uh, the realtor or the, one of those people said, oh, by the way, I've got this directory of companies that I have vetted that are very, very good. So that is an example of a joint venture that doesn't cost you anything. You know, it's funny, uh, both with the joint venture, everything you're speaking of, and it's especially apt with Main Street businesses, it starts with the requirement of the owner to be marketing focused, thinking about marketing and not just thinking about cleaning pools or baking bread or whatever it is that they do. They have to be proactively thinking about this. It also occurred to me uh, just this moment that in terms of not spending an additional dime, what you talked about, because you get so clear about who your target uh, market is, your ideal client, you could actually spend less money than you already are on things like yeah. pay-per-click and other things like that. Now, yeah. we, we, can, yeah. we could go right back down that rabbit hole, but I don't want that to happen, Nida, because we got more <laughs> to cover and uh, okay. more ideas that I think people are going to go, oh, I never, I never really thought about that before. And the next one is downselling. Now, many people don't have never heard that term. Maybe it sounds kind of negative, downselling. It has both the word down and the word sell in it. So if you are not uh, have a marketing mindset, you might not like that. Please tell us what downselling is and how that would work for a Main Street business. Well, Frank, what I'd like to do is I'd like to combine it with upsell and cross-sell. So okay. we got downsell, upsell, and cross-sell. Let me give Amazon as the example, because they're a perfect example. How many of you have ever bought on Amazon and you're going to buy XYZ, whatever, and down below they said, well, because you bought this, you might also be interested in boom, 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 boom. That's an upsell. What if you have a high ticket thing, you're a chiropractor, and let's say you have a $5,000 service that they can have. It's It's an annual thing. Believe me, it is possible. But maybe somebody can't quite afford it. Okay, well, I've got a 2500 That's a downsell. 
And then a cross sell means I just bought a bicycle. Uh, just ordered it before we got on this call. It's an electric assisted bicycle. It was $1,500 for a bicycle. And what did they do? They wanted to cross sell me into something else. It might be a, a, a competing kind of a thing, um, but, but whether you cross sell, you down sell, or you upsell. Uh, again, without really mapping that stuff out, you're leaving it you know, on the table. Uh, McDonald's, prime example, used to be. I don't know. I haven't been to McDonald's in a long time. But I used to say, I used to hear, if you want a hamburger, do you want fries with that? Right. That's an upsell. Do you want to supersize that? I'm not sure if they're saying that anymore, but any business should be having those kind of options. Again, doesn't cost you any more money. No, and, and you already have the person right there. They've got their wallet out, their credit card out, whatever it is. They're on the phone. Uh, it doesn't cost you any more, and you never know. And, it, of course, uh, in uh, scientific marketing, people know exactly what percentage of buyers take that uh, upsell, what percentage take the downsell. And it just never hurts. Uh, and if it could generate additional revenue with literally no additional cost, why not? Yeah, okay. Exactly. Um, next one would be drip campaigns. What's a drip campaign and how can we do it? Okay, we're going to go back to the list. So we're going to assume that my mainstream marketing company now has a list. So the pizza place uh, now is asking for your name and email. So a drip campaign is a drip email. It can also be in the mail. Uh, obviously, that's more expensive, but but please do not count that out because it could be very powerful. I say I can reach anybody through the mail. You give me uh, some CEOs of very high companies, I guarantee you I can reach them. So a drip campaign is generally an email. So it goes into the, the, um, your system, whatever it is. Your, it's called a customer resource management system, CRM. And you drip them, you do a nurture sequence, you do a special offer, maybe it's a Valentine's offer, maybe it's a 4th of July offer, and you just drip on them, drip on them, drip on them. So whether they are a customer or they're a prospect, in your system, you should have them tagged one or the other, and then you can even score them. I know I'm getting really technical now, but you can even score them. So now you get to begin to see who is your ideal client and how much are they worth to you. Yeah, the, uh, because you might think you know what your ideal client is, but as you look at those types of uh, numbers, you may find out something different. Now, uh, a couple of things uh, further that we go into this are just so common sense, uh, as all of this is, but they just, I mean, it's just straight arithmetic. So one of the next things that you suggest is to expand your product and service offerings. The more products and services you offer, the more opportunities there are for people to buy. Can you give us a couple yeah, of examples of that? Yeah, that's perfect. Um, and, and I'm going to combine that with, I'm a very, very strong fan of printed newsletters. Mm -hmm. um, I, I interview on my uh, radio podcast, I interview very, very successful. One that comes to mind is a chiropractor out of New Jersey. And he's a $13 million. And during COVID times, his business absolutely went down, you know, collapsed like everybody else. 
but he grew it very, very quickly by doing promotional kinds of things. So, um, yeah, so just um, having something and being able to bundle. So he bundled things together. Um, let me give you some sort of an example of any kind of a bundling. Um, what about the pizza guy who's going to also bundle um, something that is the, um, uh, you know, maybe they're going to put soda in there or they're going to put some sort of, a, uh, you know, a sugary nuts. thing, a, a dessert item or something like mm -hmm. that. So, yeah, thinking about what you can tack on. For instance, let me let me show you this, Frank. So this is one of my bundled products. So I put them on my radio show and I syndicate it. And then I write a book about them, and then I put them in a magazine, and then I do a media kit for them so they can be on a lot of podcasts. This is an example of a bundled thing. Great. Any one of those things you could get X number of dollars for. You put it all together, and it's a bundled thing that you can make a lot more money at. Great. That uh, makes perfect sense. Now, here's another one that's just straight up arithmetic, is that you could increase your revenue if you increased your prices. And uh, a lot of people don't really understand the old Benjamin Franklin that a penny saved is a penny earned or how that would apply to raising your prices. But it goes like this. Let's say that your average sale is $100 and you raise your prices by $10. Well, if your expenses have not increased, only your prices have, then that entire $10 goes right to the bottom line. And uh, that's something because profit is the objective of the exercise here, not just sales. Uh, that's a great idea. And I think people should be thinking about raising their prices, whether we're seeing any um, uh, inflation yet or not, I don't know. But I have a degree in economics, and I can tell you, the government keeps pumping money into the economy the way it's been doing. There's just no, it just, there's no way out. Uh, it's like water in a balloon. It's got to go somewhere. Prices are going to have to go up. So we all need to be mindful of that. And the opportunity to raise your prices is here right now. Uh, what, what sort of examples can you give of people you've helped raise their prices and, and what that's meant for their business? You know, I like to, uh, I do have a whole chapter on raising prices, and you're absolutely right. It'd be astonishing if somebody really got down and, and did the numbers. You can raise your prices and, and you lose very little people. But I'd like to even do it a little bit further than that. Here's what I say to my clients. I'm going to give you 50% more to your bottom line, the profit line that you just talked about. And I'm going to do it in three ways. It's not going to cost you anything. We're going to raise your prices by 5%. You're going to give me your credit card statements for three months. I'm going to go through it line by line, and we're going to find stuff that you're paying for that you no longer use, no longer need, no longer should have, and we're going to eliminate those expenses. So we're going to reduce your overhead expenses by 5%. And then what we're going to do is we're going to look at your variable cost, the cost of creating that pizza, that widget, that whatever. And we're going to go back to some of your suppliers and we're going to negotiate better deals and we're going to do all sorts of things. So we're going to reduce your variable cost by 5%. So there's three prongs. Up, up your, your prices by 5%, reduce variable by 5%, reduce fixed by 5%. You do that and 
your profits will be 50% more. Wow. So it's a very simple thing. Most people don't, they don't even know it, nor do they do it. In fact, when I work with clients one-on-one, that's the number one thing I do. Very first thing, because I, I become free because I find lots and lots of money sitting in their business they didn't know they had that <laughs> absolutely pays for anything that I would be charging them. That's great. Uh, you know, and it's funny because you are a business person in addition to being a, a marketing expert. And we don't think of a marketing expert going in and helping us cut our costs. Uh, but I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say somebody who knows numbers like yourself can find 5% in variable costs and can find 5% in fixed costs. It's not, it's just not a stretch. Now, uh, well, well, Frank, let me, before you go on, let me, let me say something. Oftentimes, it's the person coming in from the outside who hasn't been in the trenches who can see things that the business owner cannot see. Uh, one thing that we didn't talk about my background, but I spent eight years at the University of Notre Dame in the purchasing department. The reason I was there, even though I'm a marketer and I can tell you my million dollar marketing stories at the at the university, but that's another time. But the reason I was there is because my daughter could go there tuition free, came out with a Notre Dame de- uh, debt, um, a zero debt from Notre Dame, graduated on a Sunday and Monday morning at 9.30, I turned in my notice. But I was in purchasing, and so that was one of my primary things was going through those contracts and looking for those kind of dollars. So it, it often happens when somebody outside comes in, they can see and they can ask questions. I had one client who he was spending a lot of money on radio advertising. I said, so what kind of return are you getting on that? Well, I don't know. That's not a good answer. If you don't know the return on those dollars, should you still be spending those dollars? I'm not saying you shouldn't, but having somebody ask you that question is a good thing. Well, you sound like you'd be a great partner for any Main Street business owner. What is the best way for somebody to reach out and and connect with you? And what happens next? You know, I'm going to give you a special offer just because, Frank, you are amazing. And I know that you have amazing people listening to this. I'm going to do something absolutely free. I'm going to spend 30 minutes with, now I'm not going to take everybody that wants to. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to answer a few questions for me, um, but it's not going to cost you anything. I'll spend 30 minutes and I will find that $100,000 sitting in your business. All you have to do is go to find my 100k.com and the number 100 is actually the number don't spell it out so it's find my 100k.com it'll take you to my calendar it'll take you to you can schedule a 30-minute call with me we're going to do a zoom call i'll put you in my proprietary software where i'm going to show you i've got 40 different categories that I can go through and I can find those, but we're going to do maybe five at the very most, five at the very most. And, uh, and I'll do that for maybe, you know, of your guests, maybe, maybe five people or something. I, I, I can't do it for everybody, obviously. But so anybody that wants to get on there, if you're one of the first five, uh, go to findmy100k.com. That's great. Now, I will put that uh, link in the show notes, wherever you're watching or listening or reading right now. Uh, look for uh, on YouTube, look for the uh, description under the video. You know, you know the drill, wherever you are, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, wherever. 
I will have it there, findmy100k.com. And so then you'll get on the Zoom call with them for 30 minutes and uh, learn more about their business. And then at the end of that call, they can decide whether uh, they want to go any further with you. Yeah, absolutely. They'll need three things. They'll need to know their top line revenue, their gross profit margin, and their net profit margin. I'll need those three things before we would be on the call. That's great. And that's important for every business owner to know. And uh, Lord save us, probably most don't know the answers to those questions, but they can right, find it out don't. before they get in touch with you. Yeah. Well, Nina, we are just about out of time. This has gone by very quickly. But I always like to ask my guests before we sign off, is there a question I haven't asked you about what you do or about your book uh, or a thought that's come to your mind that you'd like to share before we go? You know, um, Frank, I've done a lot of my radio shows um, last year during COVID. And the, and the thing that hurt me the most is when I had uh, business after business after business who had no clue about these principles. If all you do, trust me, if all you do is go to Amazon and buy my book, you will get such value. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's twelve ninety five, nineteen. I don't even remember what it is. And, you know, and I make a couple bucks. I certainly don't make hardly anything on it. But I'm telling you, it's worth it. I want you to take action. Whether you, whether you use me to help you take that action or not, it's okay. But don't go alone. Don't just keep going without a plan. Don't know what your roadmap is. Don't know, you know, you've got to have all of those things and you've got to have accountability. So that's my final message. I don't know that that, that wasn't a question you asked, but it's my final message from this. And thank you, Frank, for having me. Thank you, Nina, for joining me today. Thanks again to Nina, and thank you for joining us. Until next time, I'm Frank Felker saying I'll see you on the radio. Forgiving your entrepreneurial sins with a gentle wave of his microphone, here's Frank Felker.